Hi, and welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast. Every week, we will talk to the great, the good, and the legendary from the worlds of food, drink, marketing, and business to help give you the advice that will really help your brand boom. A huge thanks to our headline sponsors, the award-winning Engage Interactive. Engage Interactive have been helping hospitality businesses like yours prepare for a mobile and digital first world since 2007. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. So I'm just back from my daily little jaunt down to Brighton and Hove Beach to be out, but safely, and take in some of the amazing views from the sea and some of the fresh air. So really enjoying that, being part of my routine these days and uh, not as much commuting, which has been lovely. And then I rushed back to do a new podcast with a new friend, actually, and that is Tom Leonetti Maguire. And Tom is the founder and CEO of Little Lion Entertainment. Now, if you haven't heard of Tom and you haven't heard of Little Lion Entertainment, I bet you, you have heard of and you do know what they do. So Tom actually runs the Crystal Maze Experience which took London by storm and also some other places in the country. And it was the must-do thing for a whole year or at least the summer or when it all started. I remember all the vibes about it. Everyone was going crazy to run around the crystal maze and grab as many tokens as they could in that amazing wind tunnel. So we talk about all of that, how he created that, what it took to do that, all of the actors, all the input, difficult customers, all that stuff that was going on. And we talk about his life as well, from an actor in the West End to being an actor within these immersive experiences to get a bit more money, I suppose, as a lot of job and actors will do, to then leading and creating this company that is all about immersive experiences and competitive socialising. So Tom has got some great stuff going on. He's got the Crystal Maze, which was just superb. Then he's got a new one coming up for all the comic fans out there and, and you know, big blockbuster movie fans is the Judge Dread experience, and that's going to be coming out next year. And then also we talk about his plans for global domination. It gives me the most pleasure ever... In fact, the most I am the law pleasure ever to introduce my next guest, <laughs> Tom Leonetti Maguire, who is the founder and CEO of Little Lion Entertainment Limited. Hello, Tom. Hi there, Mark. Thanks, uh, thanks very much for having me on. Well, not at all. Real pleasure. And um, we're just chatting there about life outside, and uh, you're in Greek Street and sauntering around Soho. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm absolutely loving it. It's. Uh, it's. It's brought a, brought a smile to my heart, Mark. Just to. Um, just to see people just sitting around having lunch. And look, you know, of course, we've got to be careful. And we've got to be safe. And you know, there, there's more important things. You know, like people's health and whatnot. But you know, like the the, the psychology of a nation and like you know, like needing some escapism is 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 just as important in in uh, in my book. Well, let, let's let's go back a bit in terms of you. So obviously, you know, you've got Little Line Entertainment now and, you know, we will talk about that. But obviously it's a, you know, immersive experience type of, uh, you know, venture. 
But it'd be good to go back and chat about what took you there and, and how you got to that. So you all right to, to tell us a bit about that? So so my my background for a long time was was as an actor and and actually, actually that that career never it never ended really. It just sort of transmuted into into something else. And um uh to, towards the the end of, of, of my acting career, uh, I, I was working a lot in in immersive theatre with companies like Secret Cinema, and I, I was in a play called Heist for a year, um, in which you uh, incited guests to commit a robbery, which was just mad, um, and uh, and and I essentially, Mark, I just I had I had this like visceral and immediate exposure to what has now become known as immersive theatre. And, and people were just losing their minds. They were just absolutely losing their minds for it. And, and I just, I knew instantly that this wasn't, this wasn't a fad. It wasn't a, a flash in the pan. This was a really powerful substrand and subgenre of theatre. Um, and I just knew then, I knew that I, I had to become involved in this and I had to, I had to do something with it. Um, and more or less the next day, um, I, I started up this company, Little Lion, and uh, I came up with the idea of, of the Crystal Maze as a live experience. Um, and, um, and, and that was that and, and, and went, went about it really. And um, the the reaction was was amazing um and we we did a crowdfunding and and raised a million quid and uh started started building the first one and and then that sold out for pretty much a year and you couldn't get a ticket and and look, and that was that was 4 years ago and and haven't looked back since going back though i mean you're sort of quite casually saying yeah, I just thought I'd set up the crystal maze and I raised a million quid. And you know, what I mean, what happened there? I mean, why the crystal maze? Why you know, where do you even start? You know, on a on a sort of uh, you know venture like that to to get through all the red tape and you know all these yeah, things. And it's, and it's, you know, like it's it's not to be blase about it. Like it was, you know, it was and has been a a lot of work. And you know, we have across our teams now we've got over 200 people at the company you know it's a it's a serious operation but you know I think I mean a at the time you know I was an unemployed actor and there's there's nothing quite like the you know <laughs> the pressure of, of of having nothing to lose to to really allow you to go for it um but also, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in just in learning on the job and you know, and being ambitious and and and, and driving things forward. And that's that that's what I always did. Um, you know, of, of course, there were hugely fundamental things like you know, getting the rights from Banachay, who are a big European conglomerate, and you know, getting into the world of commercial property and you know, employment and and you know legals and and all that stuff but you you know I, I think you just you just learn you learn on the job and, and and you get things done um and in in terms of in terms of the idea itself the the, the most fundamental thing f for me and it's and it's not to it's not to knock 
um, you know, our friends and colleagues in, in the traditional theatre industry who are, you know, also having a hard time of it at the moment. But the, you know, the, the central ethos for me was that I was, I was looking around at traditional theatre and, you know, I grew up in Wood Green in North London and, and I felt like it didn't represent me and where I grew up. And, and I, you know, and, and to, to speak frankly, I was sick of the, sick of the, you know, the, the dusty Shakespeare's and the, and the dusty, Chekhov plays that that were on every year um and suddenly this thing called immersive theater came came around um and um you know it, it was it was suddenly for everyone it was exciting um it, it, it you know you had people from all walks of life um you know coming to the shows um it was open to all demographics um and and I I thought that was I thought that was really exciting. And then you merge in this thing that like you know there's a nostalgia element. There's also this idea that you can be part of the show. You know it's the ultimate breaking of the fourth wall um, because it it's not it's not passive. It's active. You get to be the star of the show. And and for all those reasons, I thought you know this is this is something powerful and. Luckily, people people agreed, and it and it resonated with people. And when you were thinking about the Crystal Maze, I mean, was that number one on your list, or were you thinking about you know Night Night Rider, the players <laughs> strike it lucky, or you know was was there other things you were thinking about, or was Crystal Maze the one that you were just wanting to go for? <laughs> well, definitely, definitely thought about Gladiators as well. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, uh, the, the the crystal maze for me was was definitely the one. You, you know, I I had very fond memories of it as a kid, um, and it, it was the one that sort of it, it felt like it 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 hit the it hit all the right levels. You know, there was this. There was this nostalgic element, but there was also this, you know, th- there's a real British eccentricity to it. There's a, there's a real British humour to it, um, a real irreverence to it. And, and all of that is, like, important for our shows as well, you know. Um, they, they've got to have elements of humour. They've, they've got to have, you know, silliness to them. Um, uh, again, what, you know, what we try to do in our shows is it, it, it is about, you know, it is about having fun. It is about escapism and fantasy, but it's, it's about having fun. Um, so, you know, there's no, there's no pretension to what we do. You know, we're not, we're not, um, you know, we're not saying that this is high art. This is, uh, you know, it's about losing yourself in the world for, for a couple of hours. Um, so, so all, all of those things were, were in, were important to me, um, and and the Crystal Maze just became a, a perfect sort of conduit for that. I think. And then you're terming the company as an IP-led entertainment company. So, you know, how do you go about that as well? You know, how do you find out who's got the rights for things? Are people quite willing to chat to you? Are they seen as an opportunity, or are they quite protective? Or how does that work? 
Yeah, it's and, and look, it depends. And actually, you've you've sort of you've hit hit the nail on the head there, Mark. And you know, like, so we're obviously we've we've just announced our newest show, which is Judge Dread Uprising, which is obviously a, a completely different world. Um, and we've got some some really really unbelievably exciting and, and amazing shows that that we're going to be announcing next year, um, which I can't talk about yet, unfortunately. But the that it always starts with it always starts with our idea. Um, it, it starts with the kind of show that that we want to make, um, and then we go out into the world and and we try and match it up with uh, a piece of intellectual property that that we think will work. So, we with Judge Dredd, for example, uh, the the genesis for it was uh, I came up with this idea of a of a, of a an immersive experience in which you escape from prison, like a, a prison escape experience. Um, and then we sort of became obsessed with like, you know, a, a sci-fi world and a, and a futuristic world and how, how we could merge the two. Um, and, um, and, and then, and then we, we were introduced to the, the, the Kingsley's Jason and Chris who own rebellion and, and who own, the, the, this British comic book, Judge Dredd, um, and the stars kind of aligned, kind of thing. It all it all clicked in, um, and and again, you know, away we went, away we went with this like mad, wonderful, crazy, exciting show. Hey, I'm Andrew, the lead designer on Toggle, a platform for managing your whole gift card side of the business. Built from the ground up, Toggle is born from listening to the people who need it. It's really simple to use, but able to handle all of the things that we know are important. Integrated with the tills, mega robust reporting, smart promotions, limiting dates of redemptions and selling experiences, a bit of a marketer's dream, as well as handling fulfillment and basic gift cards with style. Find out more and create an account at usetoggle.com. And what about casting then for, you know, the Judge Dredd character or the, you know, the, I don't know, what, what do you call the, the guy in the Crystal Maze? The so uh, the, our actors at the Crystal Maze are Maze Masters and we, we only use the, the, the best of the best. So they're all classically trained actors from CDS drama schools. They're all stand-up comedians and... Um, you know, West End actors and film actors and voiceover artists, are, are like all, all amazing performers in their own right. Um, and 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 the Crystal Maze is their day job, which which I like to think is you know quite a decent day job to be fair. Um, and um, and 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 yeah, so you know, it's 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 always a it's always a really exciting process. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a joy to, it's a joy to sort of work, work with such talented people. And what do you think sort of drawing people into, you know, these immersive experiences and, you know, what, what are the things that they're kind of looking for? And also like how long was the lifespan of one of these concepts as well? You know, how many times might people go and all that kind of thing? I mean, we've been talking about immersive theatre now, you know, for, for 10 years, more. Um, you know, Punch Drunk, I feel, and, and maybe Yumi Bum Bum Train were the, were the two companies that really pioneered it. 
um, that, that really sort of breathed life into it. Um, you know, and, and now, now we're sort of right, right up there with them. Like I said, when, when I started the company four or five years ago, like this isn't a fad, this isn't a, you know, a transitory thing that, that will disappear and then we'll be back to the same dusty old Shakespeare's again. Um, this is, this is here to stay. So, you know, next year we're going to expand overseas and, and into North America and, you know, where, where they're a, a little bit behind the curve, um, uh, from us i mean you've got shows like punch drunk sleep no more in new york but you know across the entirety of the states they they really are you know behind the curve uh, on this sort of immersive uh, experience and show expansion um and and if you start to think of it like that and if you start to think of it not just in in terms of in terms of individual shows but you know if you start to imagine the, the the immense possibility that there is, you know, every every film that that could become an immersive experience, or or every concept that that, that could become, or TV show that could become an immersive experience. That the other thing that that I've become obsessed with of late is the richness of the world of of video games, um, and you know, imagine bringing to life the whole first level of your favorite video game. And then, and then if you think, if you've got those three pillars of TV, film, and video games, and, and if you call theater the space in between it, that liminal space in between it, and then you've set up that, that playground, uh, imagine, you know, imagine how fun that playground is. Imagine you can create any world uh, out of an existing IP or not, and and you know suddenly you're 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 making worlds for people to go and play in in, in real life, and you know the, the, to me there's just nothing more exciting than that. It's really funny you're saying that. Do you know you know you get retargeted by Facebook ads and all that. The other day, yeah, yeah, it was really freaky. Me and my wife were talking about Super Monkey Ball, which used to be on the GameCube and Nintendo. <laughs> And then, okay, yeah. lo, and, lo and behold, the next day, I'm getting served ads to buy Super Monkey Ball. I'm like, whoa. But, um, <laughs> it, it just kind of going, like, if you imagine, you know, the first level of Sonic, the first level of, um, you know, Call of Duty, or, or geez, I mean, a Grand Theft Auto, people would go. Yeah, the possibility, I mean, like, I mean, I, I'd, I, I've, been, I've been becoming obsessed with, like, you know, perhaps... Uh, re- recreating the you know the um the 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 the, the haunted house uh, in the in the first ever version of resident evil you know like oh. to, to to play out a survival horror experience in in the real house of resident evil one or or imagine playing the the first level of of goldeneye on the n64 like you know <laughs> what, what what we're trying to do is is built towards that but it's not you know it's not uh it's not in the realms of just pure imagination anymore it's like you know we're 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 striving towards that and and when you think how you know when you just think how fucking mad that is (laughs) it's it's really exciting you know it's childhood fantasies it's 
it's adult fantasies. It's like, you know, like you, you get to be James Bond in Goldeneye for three hours. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, uh, yeah, Tomb Raider, you know, the list goes on and on and on. <laughs> Jeez, that's a Yeah, big... yeah, yeah. And, who's... and I guess, you know, that's with, with our, you know, with our next show and, and with our future shows, I just want to, you know, I, I want to start to sort of show people that, like, the, the only limitation to this, the only limitation to what we're doing is, is the limits of our own imagination. Um, you know, we, we really can totally push the envelope. We can, we can push the boundaries of what people expect. Um, and, and every time we do a new show, you know, we want to knock people's socks off. We want people to leave and go, you know, I didn't even know that you could go and do that as a thing. I didn't even know that, you know, this, this was possible. Well, I, you know, another one's running through amazing, like Running Man and, and all these. And I think, I think it's everyone's kind of 15 minutes of fame of it, isn't it? Where, you know, they're, they're part of it and part of something. And, you know, what are you seeing in terms of your typical customer that you're getting in? So the age range for the Crystal Maze is, is 13 to 93, you know, like any, everyone can do it. We get people from all walks of life, all over the country, all over London, internationally, um, you know, um, and it, you know, it, it just brings people together and, you know, you, you get, you get teams from the office and there's, there's a little something for everyone, you know, that's the that's the really sort of interesting and, and, and exciting thing about it. Whereas you know, perhaps uh, you know, it's fair to say that other other forms of you know theatre and opera and ballet are you know elitist. I think it's fair to to say that. Um, and you know, I think art and entertainment in in all its forms has a you know has a duty to be for everyone not not just be for a, a select few and here's a here we here we go mark uh-huh. <laughs> i was having a conversation with someone the other day and it's possible that you know it's possible that i might have had a few pints but <laughs> i said i said if shakespeare was alive today he'd be making massive theater yeah true I genuinely think he would. I genuinely think he would. He wouldn't be doing theatre for just, you know, the select few. He'd be making things for everyone. And what about, like, um, other adjacencies to you, like your flight clubs and your bounce and all that? You know, where do you fit in with them? Or is it just something completely separate? Yeah, so, I mean, look, like, we, we know the, you know, we know the swingers guys that I know that, that, that you've you've spoken to in the past and and um my my outlook on it is is very much the the more the merrier i i don't see rightly or wrongly that that we have competitors uh, per se um you know i i just think it's hugely important that um you know pe- people have a better understanding of of, of what this industry is, whatever the, you want to call it, frankly, I don't, I don't really care. Like whether you want to call it immersive theater or competitive socializing or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that, that we are, I just think it's, you know, I think it's great that it exists. I think it's important that, 
people know about it more and more. I mean, you know, I, I am a Londoner and I, you know, I live in central London and you sometimes forget that, you know, not, not everyone is, is, is inside this bubble and in, in, inside the, inside the M25. Um, and actually outside of London, like immersive theater and competitive socializing and all these cool things that happen in Shoreditch aren't, aren't as well known. And, and there's no reason why, why they shouldn't be like, you know, it, it just needs to, it's still a young industry. It's still a burgeoning industry. And, um, you know, I hope everyone gets through COVID and, and, and genuinely my, my feeling is it's, it's for, for this industry, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's the more, the more the merrier because, you know, the, the better it's known and the more of us, the more proponents there are for it, um, the, the stronger the industry is going to, going to be as a whole. Um, and, and the more people will realize that it's like, you know, the, these things aren't flash in the pans, like, you know, the pe- people are voting with their feet, you know, that, that there's a reason that, you know, swingers has gone crazy. There's a reason that, you know, our places have gone crazy. It's because people are more demanding, you know, people don't just want like the, the grubby old man pub that used to be okay when I was 15. And like, you know, you went, you went to the pub, like people are more discerning. They want more. They yeah. want an amazing drink suffering and they want entertainment with it and they want diversification like and I, that, that, that's nothing but a good thing but it's not it's not going away and so the, the bigger the industry gets the, the better for me hi i'm alex from engage and thanks for tuning in to the supersonic marketing podcast each week we'll be bringing you a great tip to supercharge your own digital marketing and this week's comes from shri our head of seo Now, you may be surprised to know that 46% of searches have some kind of local intent, meaning you can get an edge on the competition by capturing this traffic with focused, optimized landing pages. To get started, first think about key services your business offers and then copyright some high-quality content for each of them. For example, for a bar, do you offer cocktail making classes or perhaps you have pool tables? If you're in Leeds, which is where we're based, These landing pages should then be optimised for searches such as cocktail making classes in Leeds and play pool in Leeds. You get the idea. Make sure you consider what information your customers want to see from these pages too. The pool page, for example, should answer, how many tables do you have? What kind of table or style is it? How much does it cost? And can you book online? Getting these pages created will allow you to dominate your local search results and increase your market share. If you need any more help getting your brand more visible online, then head over to engageinteractive.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you can see how we've helped some of the UK's most ambitious and successful hospitality brands with their own digital marketing strategies. Cheers, and enjoy the rest of the episode. Do you know what you think, going back to you saying about the, the customers, etc. in terms of handling them, you know, you get anyone that's, you know, a bit too much or doesn't join in or kind of sabotages it a bit or plays the monkey or is it not too bad? Yeah, I mean, look, like the, you know, our, our, our industry is, is, is like any other when you're customer facing and, you know, like sometimes you get, sometimes you get tricky customers. I remember uh, when I was, when I was an actor actually in an immersive show, there was a, there was a moment 
uh, in the show, and, and in the show, you you were supposed to take a team around the, this theatre in, in which you committed a robbery, right? Uh-huh. And um, that there's a moment where uh, there was a section of the wall that was pre the the, the brick slabs were pre pre knocked out and pre broken, and you were supposed to give a sledgehammer to the most sensible member of the team, and they were to knock through the hole, and that was the start of your experience and. And off you went into this adventure. And, um, and this team that I'd been given, that was my first team of, of the day on a Saturday, they'd, they'd taken acid. Oh. Um, <laughs> and and it, excuse my French, but they were all totally bollocksed. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't know who to give them to. <laughs> so I gave it to the guy that I thought was the most sensible and um, and I said, "There's the wall. Let's let's go. Let's let's start the heist." And he went, "Yeah, absolutely." And he turned around and walked over to a completely different wall and just started smashing up. The wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, like but there are there are more extreme examples than others, but you know, ge- generally speaking. You know, people people just come along, and ninety nine percent of the time they they do. Well, I just well, I thought your story was going to end up he hammered somebody in the head or something. I was like, oh, Christ. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he did do quite a bit of damage to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what did you learn in terms of the crowdfunding stuff, Seller? You mentioned you know, you you raised a million quid. I mean. Who did you use? How did you go about it? How did you market it? You know, what, what happened there? Yeah, so so we, and I do feel, um, uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a wanky word, but I do feel like it was it was the zeitgeist of the time. Yeah. Um, we, we hit upon crowdfunding when it was, you know, kind of near its peak. And so we did perk-based crowdfunding on, on Indiegogo and essentially our message was very simple it was you know you you back us to do this and you'll be one of the first through the door and you know you'll you'll get a ticket and you'll be one of the first to to come and experience it and that that really sort of worked for people and and we built up a really supportive community around us that you know that, that that got us there and it was to you know, to be completely honest with you, Mark, it was like beyond beyond my wildest dreams. I never thought that you know that that, that we'd get that. We set a target of of half a million, and um, you know, it wasn't like we were just like, oh, okay, let's do a crowdfunding tomorrow and like see how it goes. You know, we 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 took at it like like you do any project and like you do any business. Like we we built the campaign for six months. You know, we we PR'd it. We, you know, we marketed it. It was, you know, it was a, it was a diligent process. You know, these things don't, don't just happen overnight. Ooh. And then when you were taking it from the West End and, you know, going to Manchester and all these kind of things, what did you learn from the different locations? Um, so, so yeah, so we, uh, the, the first Crystal Maze was an angel and, and then, and then we opened, uh, the, the second show in, in Manchester. Um, and then obviously we, we moved, uh, the, the London operation to, to Piccadilly Circus and, and the Trocadero. Um, 
and and yeah, look, we've we've always we've always been ambitious, and we've always known that 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 we had to grow. Um, opening the Crystal Maze in in Manchester was was an amazing experience, and um, you know we we learned a lot as well. Um, and you know the the show's three years old in Manchester now, and 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 I believe you know it's the it's the longest running theatrical show that that Manchester's ever had, and that's you know again like we we're hugely proud of that. You know we're hugely proud of our team up there, um, and uh, you know I, I think that that goes back to to what I was saying earlier, which is just you know we don't we don't want this to be just a London centric thing like actually. You know, we, in actual fact, we we, we want to open a, a show in in Edinburgh, Mark, and you know we want to you know we want to do stuff in Scotland as well, and we want to you know we want to we want to bring our shows a, a, across the UK and, and internationally because you know I, I think it's important that 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 people see that you know this 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 can be this can be for everyone. This isn't just the like you know Shoreditch whiz kids type type thing that's uh you know it's it there is there is something that there's something in these shows which which is it, it's two things that i like to think without sort of being in any way pretentious i, I think i think these shows are, are universal and i think they're timeless and and what i mean by that is that they're universal in that you can take this show to japan or you know Canada or you know Brazil and at its heart it's it's about you know escaping the world and having fun with your friends for for two hours and that should that should be universal that should work anywhere and and when I say it's timeless I mean you know I really hope that you know in 20 years in 30 years in 50 years people are still doing things like this whereby you know you're just going out and having fun with 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 you know people around you and you're not glued to a phone or a laptop or a tv screen um so that that concept of these things being being universal and timeless is is really important and should mean that really they can work anywhere and what about the food and drink element you know what what's on offer and who are you working with on on that side of things so we we have a, we have a bar um, uh, in the in the Trocadero. It's uh, so interestingly the the venue that that we took on in the Trocadero was um, the Golden Nugget Casino, which was opened in 1965 by the Caesar's Palace Group, and um, was at one point um, a fairly famous casino, and I think likes of the the craze and people like that going there over the course of sort of 40 odd years it it fell on sort of harder times and, and by the time we took it on it was actually empty um and and there's a bar uh, and restaurant that we've got there um which actually sort of overlooks uh, Shaftesbury Avenue itself so so you know we we do do food and food and drink offering uh, you know it's not our bread and butter like we are first and foremost, uh, you know, entertainment, uh, immersive theatre company, and it's it's we put the primacy on the experience. Like the experience is is the thing. The show is the thing. 
but but yeah we, we definitely also have you know F&B and, and ancillary sort of offerings but but yeah it's it's all about it's all about the show for us nice from supersonic inc this is the mark mcsee supersonic marketing podcast The Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast is also brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. As the finance experts in hospitality, BDO have the experience and the insight to provide solid foundations for your business's future growth. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed. If you're in need of a dedicated transactional team bolstered with corporate finance, audit and tax services, Talk to BDO, who've got the right expertise, knowledge and experience to drive your restaurant or bars business throughout their full life cycle. As thought leaders across the sector, BDO offers commercial and technical updates specifically tailored to restaurants and bars, including their annual hospitality reports. BDO also have a well-established network in the industry that spans across finance directors, suppliers and advisors and they are always willing to use this to their clients and their contacts' advantage. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how they can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. So we're going to Judge Dredd now and so when does that launch? So Judge Dredd is is set to be with us in spring 2021. Excellent. And what's the main differences then between that and the Crystal Maze? You know, what have you had to think about in terms of that, you know, guest experience or guest journey through the through this sort of simulation, I suppose, or through the experience? Yeah. So so the main the main thing, uh, as I sort of alluded to earlier, is that we always want to we always want to push the boundaries of, of what we can do. And that was very much what we wanted to do here. So Judge Dredd is unlike, frankly, anything else. It's, um, you know, it's, it's set in 2140 in London. Um, and in the world of Judge Dredd, um, you, you know, you, you have the post-apocalyptic wars of 2080 and then, mega cities spring up over the world on top of new york on top of la and on top of london um and so our starting point for the narrative was you are in subterranean london the the world that exists under the mega city above it a hundred years from now um and and then in terms of in terms of what you do, uh, the the reason we're sort of calling it a, a mega attraction is is that we we are just throwing in all these all these different worlds and all these different activities that in a way that's never been done before. So it is part immersive theatre. It's it's part promenade theatre. Uh, it's part sort of live action adventure arena. Um, there's there's games and and almost escape room type elements in it as well. Um, there's there's a live bar in the middle. Um, there's our recreation and reimagining of future Piccadilly, you know, 120 years from now, and and what it would look like and how seedy and and dystopian it would be. Um, 
So there's there's a lot going on, basically. <laughs> well, I, I just remember as a kid, I used to work at our price records, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. One of the boys there, one of the guys there, was one of the older guys, George. He was obsessed with Judge Dread. So I know for sure you've got one or two customers that would be travelling from Scotland. 100% because he's... <laughs> that's, uh, that's great to hear. Yeah, I'm, it is a, a, a much sort of beloved comic book. It was obviously turned into two feature films as well. I think it's really exciting that, you know, that it's a British comic book as well. I mean, Judge Dredd is an American character, but you've got to remember this was, you know, illustrated and written by... British guys who had a, you know, real sort of satirical eye and, and you know, a real sort of comedic outlook. And so that, that there's a real richness to, to this show and, 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 what we can, and what we can do with it. And look, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to cruise around, you know, the, the, the Piccadilly Circus of, of 2140? Well, also, it's just... Um... All I can have in my mind is like a the, the jawline, and b the fat tires, or the motorbike. You know he's got a big sort of motorbike with. Oh, the, so so that's that's the lawmaster. Oh, the, law. the, the lawmaster was his motorbike, and the lawgiver was his gun. <laughs> and the law. <laughs> um, and how much sort of research did you have to do then? Were you just like? watching Judge Dredd all the time? Do you have to get all the comics? You know, how, how did that work? Uh, a huge, a huge amount. So we've got, um, we've got an amazing, um, you know, production and creative team who have been pouring over this. Um, we've got a, an unbelievable design team as well, um, a, a partnership that, that, we've, uh, that we've enacted um, that, that we'll be announcing soon, which is, again, you know, I think j- just when people find out who, who the design partner is, I think that alone will, will knock people's socks off. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, we've got, you know, we've got the Rebellion guys, the guys who own the, the comic books and the publishing and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, we, a- we actually went to their offices in Oxford and, you know, we were allowed to go into the archives so, you know, we've, we've literally got 30 years worth of comic books that we've been plowing through. Um, and, uh, but yeah, look, but that, that, that for us is, that's the, that's the fun part of the job. That's the great part of the job. It's, you know, it's researching the world. It's, it's building the, the narrative through line and the characters and, and all the subplots. Like, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's when I love coming to work. I mean, it sounds like most, uh, you know, comic geeks' dreams, doesn't it? To, to be able to, to do that. <laughs> I mean, does does yeah. it make your head hurt a little bit with all the possibilities? Because you've said a thing that it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, so can you see how many possibilities there are? Or how difficult was that to, to have all these endings? And, and who writes that? So, um, so we, we've got... A, a lot of possibilities and, and a lot of subplots and a lot of characters. Um, it was really integral to us, really important to us that, um, like I was saying with things like, you know, like, like with Sonic or, or Resident Evil, it was really important to us that 
we started to build in this idea of of gamification. So so from the start, you'll have a an RFI wristband and like in a computer game, you can get a score, right? And 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 your your score can be better or worse depending on on how you do. Um, so if if you get all the games that you play right and you go on the right journeys with the right characters, then you know you could get a score of a million. But but if you mess it up, you might get a score of of ten thousand. Um, and and so that that was really sort of interesting to us in terms of like merging all these worlds you know like as i was saying earlier merging the world of film and comic book and video game and um you know it it also means that you can come back twice and have entirely different experiences yeah yeah Um, and and all of all of that is sort of you know hugely hugely exciting to us i think it's amazing so what are you seeing in this you know sort of we're not quite post lockdown yet, but what are you seeing, you know, sort of coming out the other side of things, hopefully um, for you guys and, and when will things be up and running for you? So um, th- thankfully we, we, we did all our health and safety work and got all our certification from government and local councils. And, and we, we reopened the crystal mazes uh, 4th of July and, and now obviously working working hard to to get everything ready and and start the build for for judge dread look i mean mark mate like i'm <laughs> rightly or wrongly i'm an eternal optimist um i think i think like you i think you know the sad it is sad but some companies won't won't make it and and others will be incredibly resourceful and resilient and we'll diversify and, and, you know, we'll, and we'll get through it. And at the end of the day, one way or another, uh, entertainment will, will pull through because people, people have to, you know, they, they have to, you know, have, have some enjoyment. They have to have something to look forward to. Um, and if we can be a tiny part of that, then, then you know, then, then that's, that's, the, that's the best we can do. It's exciting. I'm really excited for you. I think it's, I just a dose of what the what the world needs. I mean, it's not that I'm comparing you this at all, but it's um, I was watching Netflix the other night and the the new Will Ferrell film come on where it's all about Eurovision, and it's yeah. crazy, <laughs> just stupid and nonsense. And but you know, just to have that hour and a half of just complete yeah 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 yeah. yeah. With a glass of wine in your hand, laughing away. <laughs> you know, it just it, like you walking around solo today. It just felt good, you know, and it it tapped into a part of your brain that's been, let's face it, pretty dormant um, for the last three or four months. Yeah, ago. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You, you got all the fuels, as the millennials say. So yeah, so it was good. And then, so what's next for you guys? Then, so obviously, you got a lot on your plate getting Judge Dread out there and, and running Crystal Maze. And then you said there's secret projects. Is there anything you can allude to at all? Yeah, there's a there's a there is a one one sort of huge huge secret project that we're sort of building to for next year. the The idea is that um, we we are going to launch it in in the United States of America. Wow! Um, and um, that's that's going to be. That's going to be global news. But um, if you um, 
if you if you give me a shout nearer the time mark i'll uh i'll more than happily talk to you about it mate yeah no i'd, I'd, I'd love i'd love to hear about that is it you and swingers getting together to reenact caddyshack <laughs> i'll uh i'll tell you what i'll call matt now i think that's a great idea <laughs> yeah just uh, yeah page and chevy chase yeah okay yeah. i'll get bill murray on the blower right now <laughs> Excellent. Well, last couple of questions. It's been a real joy talking to you today. And so the last couple of questions were, at the end, we do a, a sort of mark out a 10, we call it, but it never really is. But just some four interesting questions for a bit of fun. So uh, best city to eat in and why? Do you know what? It, it would be in between LA, Paris and London. But actually, I think I'd say London. I think the I think the dining out scene in London is is unreal. I think it's crazy full of options isn't it you know there's just so much so much vibrancy and, and all the rest of it um, yeah and just like just not only so many different cuisines but like done so well you know like some of the Japanese and, and Italian and you know Vietnamese and French restaurants that you get in London are like you know unreal and we've you know we've been based in Soho for however many years now and you know you, you can't you can't stumble around without, you know, falling into a good restaurant or indeed a, a, a good pub, which is um, or being sometimes, carried out of a good sometimes pub. dangerous. <laughs> and then what's your best restaurant then? What's your, your most favourite restaurant? Um, so at, at the moment, I'd have to say um, there's, a, there's a Chinese restaurant um, in Pimlico Way called Hunan's, which um, uh, doesn't, doesn't do a menu. They kind of just bring you what they bring you. Um, and that's the, that's the last place that really sort of really knocked my socks off, actually. Um, it was just unreal. And the most amazing wine list as well. And, um, uh, and Michael, the owner, if you ask him for the secret wine list, which he writes himself on a bit of paper every day, is is just spectacular. Um, so, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that was was the last one. Although, sadly, it's been been a while since I've been out, been out for dinner. And then, best dish? What's your? Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I would I would normally like my absolute like you know like my. If I was on death row, my uh, my final meal would I think I think it would be a a beef Wellington, you know. Ooh. But um, I can't. I, can't, I know it's a, it's a strange choice, but it's it's the truth. And then um, I can't. I, I I got it somewhere the other day, and they'd done a they'd done a beef Wellington, but it had uh, dauphinois potatoes inside. Um, <laughs> That's quite Scottish. <laughs> and it was deep and it was deep fried as well it was unreal it was seriously unreal just pure you know indulgence but um it was great nice and then what about best drink what was your go-to uh I mean, I'm 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 on a bit of a diet at the moment, so my go-to is a is a vodka lime and soda. But my my real sort of my real sort of post post dinner thing is a is an amaretto sour. Uh, done 
done properly with egg whites is uh, that is a, a rare treat. Who who does it properly? Who's who's good for that? All right, so I mean, you go to you go to most decent restaurants and hotels. Um, uh, so- Soho House on uh, on Dean Street or the the good Amaretto South for sure. Nice, nice. Right. Oh well, listen. I'll love you and leave you. I know you're busy, and uh, just thanks. So Likewise. Much. Taking the time. Mark, uh, it was a it was a real pleasure talking to you, mate. Like like genuinely, that was uh, very very enjoyable. Oh no problem, no problem. It's it's my job. <laughs> 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 okay, brilliant. Well, listen, I wish you well, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Likewise. So a huge thanks to Tom for doing the podcast, Tom Leonetti Maguire, who is the founder and CEO of Little Lion Entertainment. So do look out for the Crystal Maze experience coming back and also the Judge Dredd experience happening next year and that global domination that we were talking about as well. Huge thanks also to you for listening. Every single week, it just gives me real joy seeing those listening numbers going up and up and up. So thanks to everyone who shared it and reviewed it and rated it and also writes to us on a regular basis. It just really keeps things going. There's some weeks where you think, should I really keep doing this? And then someone just writes you a lovely note or sends you a lovely voicemail and it just really eggs you on. So I'm glad it's bringing everyone so much entertainment, interest, intrigue, and hopefully some value as well. Massive thanks to our headline sponsors, Engage. If you need anything digital done, they're my go-to guys for sure. It's Alex and the team at Engage up in Leeds, so get in touch with them. They're absolutely out of this world, I guarantee it. And then also, BDO, our headline sponsors of the first series, but our premium partners for this series. So they've continued to support us. So again, if you need anything doing in terms of your financial structuring, some advice, some strategy, M&As, anything like that, get in touch with Peter Hemmington and the team at BDO and they will help you straight away. Massive thanks to Gaz and Gabby as usual for getting everything together. Really appreciated. Thanks for all your help. So this is me, Mark McSee. I'm signing off for another week. Bless you. Thanks for listening. And I hope you got some great value out of this episode that will truly, really and truly help your brand boom.